Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. About 15 years ago, I had the wonderful blessing of seeing the incredible icons from St. Catherine's Monastery in Mount Sinai. They were at the Getty Museum in L.A. I don't know if any of you had a chance to go down there. I know it's a little bit further from here. But these icons that we Orthodox all know, that icon of Christ with the two halves of his face, slightly different, an encaustic icon, the original. The icon of St. John of the Ladder, where there's the ladder ascending up to heaven and those who are being tempted, the original icon. The icon of St. Catherine, the icon of St. Peter, so many amazing icons. These were all in the Getty Museum. And they had also even rebuilt a little church space so they could show the function of the icons on the iconostasis. But all of this was incredibly difficult as an Orthodox Christian. So what did I want to do? I wanted to venerate the icons. And that was a big no-no. There were alarms, there were sensors, there was plexiglass. You are not intended to venerate these icons. And so even though there was this joy of seeing this rich treasury of our church and of our faith, it was also tragic because they're misplaced. At St. Catherine's Monastery, they're venerated. But when they come out to the Getty Museum or to the Met in New York or wherever they go in these places, which still is a blessing to see, they become works of art, or they're treated, rather, as works of art. There's a story of a woman, an old grandmother during the Soviet period, who had a very precious and valuable icon. And the state wanted to place it in a museum. And she refused. Those who had come to take the icon reasoned with her. It's a great work of art in the museum. Thousands of people will be able to see it and appreciate its beauty. She responded, icons are not for being pretty. Icons are for kissing and praying to. Very simple wisdom, but wisdom that we can relate to. For those of us who are newer to orthodoxy, we're learning to relate to this. Icons are how we relate to our extended family. Because as I've said before, we have a marvelously extended family. And for those of you who came into orthodoxy, it was a journey of getting to know your extended family. People who had been praying for you, who had been acting in your life, and you never knew it. For those of you who are orthodox, you already know those who are close in your heart. The icons in your home that you just are drawn to. The saint whose lives and stories compel you. Your own patron saint. All of this is a part of our interaction with our extended family. This is the way that we come to know them. Today we celebrate the fathers of the Seventh Ecumenical Council. And this council was a council against iconoclasm. Iconoclasm means literally icon smashers. These were the people who are taking the icons and smashing them, breaking them, defiling them. Things that are horrendous to our orthodox mind. So 
but actually even to a Christian mind. Because if you take a Bible and someone throws it on the ground and stomps on it, every Christian would say this is a horrible thing. Likewise with the icons. In fact, at the council, the, the, the council said, icons do with color what scripture does with words. But scripture is not just a story. In the end of the Gospel of John, John the Evangelist, he says, there are many more stories that, were, uh, that are of Jesus' life, but these were written that you may know Jesus and have eternal life. See, the, the Gospels are not a story. They are a means of relationship, a means of communion. Likewise, icons, they are not works of art. They may be beautiful in many ways, but they are a means of communion for us with our extended family. They're there to, and they exist for us to enter into a relationship. There's a word for how we relate to icons. And that word we all know is veneration. Veneration is much more than just physical act that we're doing but it's a way in which we enter into relationship with the saint or with the mother of God or with God himself depicted as Christ. There's a, a blog that I read often, uh, Father Stephen Freeman. I wanted to read a, a quote or two from him today because he's written much about icons. He says, there is much more than the mere act of seeing. To see an icon requires that we also be in relationship with that which it represents. Christ is present in his icon, but is only made manifest to us because we are in relationship with him. Thus, to see an icon properly involves its veneration. Veneration is an expression of our relationship with that which is represented. This is in contrast, contrast to like an objective way of seeing like we go to a museum, we see works of art. I'm sure there are many thousands of people that went to the Getty Museum for that exhibit and walked through and interacted with the icons as objects, as things that we can look at, the paint and the artistry and all of this. And they missed the whole point because the point is for us in veneration to draw close to the person who is in the icon. We see this in children who are born into the faith. Their interactions with icons are much more organic, much more natural. They might have icons that they like to hold close to them. They have icons by their bed that they actually, you can see they're interacting with. Because for them, they know these people through the icons. They know Christ way before you know, people who are of another Christian denomination that have no icons, they only know Christ as a concept, the little kids. They're told about Christ as a concept. Maybe they're shown some pictures in books. But when a little child has an icon of Christ that they see again and again and they speak to, they know Christ. They know him more because of the icon. In other words, the only way that we can get to know the icons and the saints is to get up close and personal to talk, to kiss, to look in the eyes. This is the way that we interact with the icons. 
but I can't simply talk about icons without talking about the icon, which is all of humanity. In Genesis it says we are made in the image and likeness. That word image is ikona. We are made in the icon of God himself. We are icons. And we as icons are the image of God. God is an icon maker. Father Stephen again describes our daily lives and how we miss that opportunity to see the icon in the others. He says, it's possible to see many people in the course of a given day, but that does not mean that you have encountered them as persons. Frequently in our busy, depersonalized world, we encounter crowds as only so much cattle. Worse still is to see others in a merely objective way. In such an objective encounter, we categorize, judge, and discard the other, not as a person, but merely as an object. And it's harder for us, even in this, especially in this time, to interact with others. It's so difficult to see the icon of God in the other rather than just passing people by. And he continues, yet I cannot see another person as a person except in an attitude of veneration. We can't interact with another person without veneration. So now we need to expand what does veneration mean? Because we think veneration with icons, it means bowing, crossing ourselves, kissing the icon. That certainly is an act of veneration, but what's actually happening? Honor and love. That's what's happening when we venerate icons. If we're venerating them rightly, we can do it as a formula. This is what I'm supposed to do in front of this icon actually do it as an act of honor and of love. Is this not how we should interact with every person that we encounter? Encounter them with honor and with love. And so in this way, the only way that we can interact with the icon of God that is around us, our fellow human beings, is through veneration. Not through passing them, looking down, looking away, looking past them, judging them. The many other ways that we do in our families, we can see this a little bit more, that our interactions are beyond just judging and passing by them, but rather that we are honoring them and loving them. And in this way, we see what it's like to venerate the icon of God in another person through our loved ones. And as we venerate the icon of God in others, we draw near to God himself as well. Our Lord said in the Gospel of Matthew, when he talked about the second coming and standing before the judgment seat of Christ and separating the sheep and the goats, remember those who were the righteous, he said, you fed me, you gave me drink, you visited me. And they said, when did we do this? And he said, when you did this to the least of my brethren, you did this to me. So as we venerate the icon of God in another person, we are also encountering God himself. And not just Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. We're encountering God the Father in each and every person around us. Because just as Jesus Christ is the image of the visible God, we all are icons of that same God. 
In the last year and a half, the icon of God in others has been obscured. What we have come to view others as is the embodiment of contagion and death. And it's hard to get past that. It's hard to continue to see the people around us no longer as vehicles of contagion and death, but as the icon of God himself. And this is where we have to swim upriver. We have to go against the current of things to keep seeing the icon of God in the people around us. They're not just sponges for microbes and viruses. They are real human beings who are made in the image of God. So we have to get through this. We have to get past this. And I'm not talking about all these externals of how close we are or whether we're wearing masks. You can interact with a human being by the way of your heart. It's the purity of our heart that then desires to have communion, to have veneration with the other. And it's our hardness of heart or our fear that causes a hardness of heart that makes us not want to interact. That makes it easier to just turn away, look aside, and find reasons why we shouldn't have any communion with others. So our path forward is veneration. This is what today's celebration is, the veneration of the icons. And so yes, we venerate our extended family depicted in the icons, our brothers and sisters in Christ who have fought the good fight, who have been examples to us, who now intercede for us. But we also venerate the icon of God in each and every human being around us. And in this way, everyone draws near to God. Let us all say 